going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode here of the Side Guys Football Forum. I'm one of your co-hosts from the side, joined as always by my good friend, my good buddy, the other half of the Side Guys, Mr. Tad the Side. A little preemptive with that. I, yeah, yeah. As soon as I put the two here, fingers, I was like, like damn it, damn it. Oh, man. I blame that on you. You took too long. Get to the point, man. Hey, man, that's our standard intro. There's nothing that changes there. It's one of those, like, you know, standard things that always happen. So, yeah. Five second delay. Preemptive. Like, I just, yeah. Sometimes I get you. Sometimes I get you. Moving on. (laughs) Um, So coming to you a little bit later this week. um, Unfortunately, you know, if you tried to catch us on Monday with a waiver wire episode, well, we didn't have one. Um, So, but I mean, this is why we always tell you that hit us up on our social media uh, uh, handles, because I mean, in case you need waiver wire help, especially with more teams on a bye week this week, and you don't know who you need to pick up. Obviously there's some injuries. There's a Kirk cousins. He's out for the season sort of thing. So it's like, if you needed some help, like, I mean, hit us up on our social media handles. We're here to help you out in case there's an episode that doesn't drop. And obviously, we tell you subscribe to our podcast or you're up to date when our podcasts are dropping as well. So if you miss an episode there, as long as you're subscribed, you'll always catch the latest episode. So, yeah, unfortunately, we didn't have a Where We're At Week episode this week. Um, but that's because we had a different episode planned, and that is today's episode here, Tad. Coming to you a little bit later than we wanted to, but I still think it's important that we get to this information because uh, the NFL trade deadline has now come and gone as of Tuesday, 4 p.m. Eastern. Um, not so many moves, but I mean, there's some bigger moves, I, I think. I was about to say, there were, some, there were some bigger names moved than I originally thought. There's some bigger names moved, but I'm saying there's not a ton of names that got moved, I guess. So it's like, yeah, I guess like fair. some of the names that we thought maybe got might get moved, they ended up staying put. Some of the names that, you know, we thought were not going to get moved, they ended up did getting moved sort of thing. So it's just like, we got a lot of good action, I think. So it's like got a little bit of like some excitement for an NFL trade deadline compared to previous years. So, I mean, just really quickly, Tad, I'm going to run through all the trades that happened on Tuesday. Um, I think some of them might have happened on Monday as well, but this happened in that two-day span of this week, earlier this week. So really quickly, I'm going to go through all the trades, and then you give me your input on whichever trades you want to go into. Um, So let's start with the Seahawks. They acquired Leonard Williams, the defensive lineman from the Giants, for a 2024 second-round pick and a 2025 fifth-round pick. So not too high of a compensation there. Maybe the second-round pick a little bit higher there. Um, The Falcons, they unfortunately lost Grady Jarrett, their defensive tackle. Great all-pro defensive tackle. They lost him for the season, so they went and acquired a, not the same caliber, but another replacement on the defensive line. They acquired Contavious Street. From the Philadelphia Eagles, as well as a 2025 seventh round pick for a 2024 sixth round pick. So a very low cost move for them. Get some depth on the defensive line. Here's one of the bigger names that got moved, Tad. The Chicago Bears acquired Montez Sweat. So your buddy Matt, my buddy Jay, they're probably super excited by the acquisition of Montez, Montez Sweat. And all they got for him, the Commanders got a 2024 second round pick. So mid-round pick for a former first rounder. That's sort of saying something there. Um We'll uh, touch on that. We'll touch on that more later. I know I'm yeah, saying silent let me for more all these trades that yeah, you can yeah, touch yeah, on whichever yeah, one you want yeah, to get into. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings, like I said, unfortunately they lost Kirk Cousins for the oh, entire we season. We're going to season. touch on this one. They acquired a quarterback because they just traded with the Arizona Cardinals. They got Joshua Dobbs and a 2024 seventh round pick for just a 2024 sixth round pick that went to the Arizona Cardinals. The Jacksonville Jaguars anchored their offensive line. They acquired Ezra Cleveland for the Minnesota Vikings. They Very underrated trade, by the way. We're not going to touch so. on. We're not going to touch on this one again. But like that is, in my opinion, probably a top 
three top five most underrated guard in the league today. And he just went to one of the top performing offenses in the league today. So I think that is big news fantasy wise for basically any Jacksonville receiver, and especially for Travis Etienne, who's already been killing it. It, that that was a big trade that I think is going to fly way under the radar. Yeah, I remember Ezra Cleveland in that draft. He kept falling, and I thought a lot more teams would be taking him a lot earlier, but he ended up going in the second round to Minnesota, but I projected him to go a little bit higher than he actually went. So yeah, very underrated guard. I think he could also play the tackle position as well, depending on where you need him. But yeah, for the Vikings to get him for only a 20-24-6 round pick, I think that is an excellent steal to upgrade that offensive line. Um, Tad, we got to get to this one. The 49ers acquired Chase Young. Washington was not done selling off. I hate you. I hate you so much. Uh, The Niners acquired Chase Young for just a 20-24 third round pick. So, I mean, that was a great move for the Niners. Um, This is a very underrated move as far as fantasy football is concerned, Tad, the Detroit Lions acquired Donovan Peoples-Jones from the Cleveland Browns for a 2025 sixth-round pick. So, I mean, yeah, very low compensation for that one. Um, And the last move that was made right before the deadline was over, the Buffalo Bills upgraded their secondary. They acquired Razul Douglas and a 2024 fifth-round pick from the Green Bay Packers for a 2024 third-round pick. So, I bet you you want to start maybe with those Washington names first, or maybe you want to go with the whole Arizona Cardinals, Minnesota Vikings situation. So, I mean, it's like, pick which one you want to start with first, because they're definitely going to get to both. Well, so I think the juicier topic, especially when it comes to fantasy football, is the Vikings-Cardinals moves. But you yeah. know what? You know, let's you know, let's say dessert for last. Is Let's sure. talk about dinner right now, which is the Washington Commanders. Um, well, you before know, we get to dinner, do you want to talk about the appetizer that is DPJ going to the Detroit Lions? Because I think that, like I said, that's a very underrated move, in my opinion, because you have to look at the fact that Cleveland Browns, they recently drafted David Bell in, I think it was last year's draft, it might have been two years it, ago. It so was he's last a very highly touted prospect that I think can develop in that system. They just drafted Cedric Tilbert out of Tennessee that he had, he was getting a lot of hype during the preseason and the training camps. So hopefully he can develop there. So I think Donovan Peoples Jones just became expendable at that point that they got these two other younger burgeoning talent in these two guys. That's like, okay, let's ship them off to Detroit. And you also have to look at Detroit that they look at their supplemental pieces. It's like Marvin Jones hasn't been living up to expectations, returning back to Detroit. Um, uh, Khalif Raymond has looked all right at times, more of a speed threat. Um, obviously, you got your guy that you've highly um, talked about, Josh Reynolds. He's looked good at times, but now he's been sort of dropping off a little bit too. So now you get another piece into that sort of offense. And I think the big thing too that's really critical is they're getting him during the bye week. So I think his getting used to the offense and getting acclimated to this offense won't take as long, and he should be able to hit the ground running as soon as they come out of that bye week when they get play again in week 10. So I really like him in this offense. I don't think he's going to make an immediate impact, but he's one of those moves that is just like I think if he can get going and build a uh, chemistry with Jared Goff, he could be a good supplemental piece to Amon or St. Brown and Sam Laporta in that offense. 100% disagree. 100%. Okay. <laughs> this is this is the type of trade where, you know, we are a fantasy football podcast first. So let me focus on that because in terms of on the field play, 100%, it's an amazing trade for the Detroit Lions. But will it impact you? Will it impact your fantasy team? No, not really. Okay. Because, right. I mean, you look at you, – you forgot one of the key pieces in this Lions offense. Jameson Williams hasn't done anything so sure. far this season. 
So it's one of those things where I think the Lions just do such a great job of spreading out the ball that it's while Donovan Peoples Jones will certainly help, you know, the game planning. I don't think he's going to hit any consistency. And that's the key word, because before people start coming at me, when Donovan Peoples Jones <laughs> scores 15 points one week, being like, oh, you said he'd suck. Well, you know what? I'd be willing to bet next week he's going to score about four points, because like you said, that's what's happening to guys like Josh Reynolds. In this offense. So, yes, Donovan Peoples-Jones is a very talented receiver. In my opinion, one of the most underrated receivers in the league right now. But in terms of consistent fantasy production, I have my massive, massive doubts about that. Now, going to the Brown side of things, um, I I don't know. I don't know. And the reason <laughs> I'm saying that is because who the hell is the quarterback? Is it P.J. Walker? Is it Deshaun Watson? I I don't trust unless his name starts with David and ends with Njoku. I no longer trust any Cleveland pass catcher. And that goes for Amari Cooper, by the way, because out, wow. you know, okay. it, it, well, okay. think about it. They just took away one of their best secondary threats. So now the defense is going, do we just, do we just focus? Yeah, let's just focus on him. So that is the only reason I think that David Njoku is the biggest benefactor from this. In terms of the rest of the Browns offense, I think take a wait-and-see approach. I'm not adding anyone to my bench right now. No, that's fair. Like I said, I don't know if he's going to make a huge impact, but I do like it that if he could build that chemistry with Jared Goff, then he could be a difference maker in this offense. But yeah, you bring up a good factor with Jamison Williams. Like I said, I think Amonor St. Brown and Sam Laporta I definitely utilize in that offense very Highly, So it's like, I don't know how much another player will get to sort of take some of those scraps away for those guys. So yeah, we'll see. But like I said, coming in the bye week, I think this is a good chance for him to possibly develop that chemistry, get acclimated to the offense, maybe pick things up a little bit faster than maybe some of the other guys and possibly get utilized. But it's one of those things I think just wait and see. But like I said, could be an underrated move. Maybe not for this year, but I think maybe next year. We'll see about that. Yeah, so yeah, all right, Ted, let, let's get to the entree portion right, of the right, three-course so meal we, here. We just finished up the appetizers. Those were very good. <laughs> scallops now let's move on to the steak a little surf and turf action here um, all right so i think 100 percent we have to dive into washington sort of you know trading away two of their key pieces of their defensive line their pass rush there um two big heavy hitters are now gone from that defensive line you obviously got montez went going to the chicago bears now and of course chase young is now acquired by my san francisco 49ers so i mean where do you want to start there I was looking around for a white one, but I couldn't find it. You got purple for, for, one? Like, yeah. It's just, it's a TC winter hat. It's like 30 degrees in Dallas right Not now. It's the best towel. I can do. Oh, great. Oh, great. <laughs> Hold on. I think I have a towel here. Here we go. Is that better? <laughs> it would have been closer if you went and grabbed Cat, because at least he has some white in him. <laughs> yeah, the difference is the, that towel will bite back. That is true. That Point is being true. is, for our podcast listeners, I just waved a purple hat and a very bright green towel. Because yeah. if you replace both those colors with white, that's exactly what Washington is doing. And I said this at the very start of the season, about two weeks before kickoff, when we were talking about what coaches do we think will not survive the season, which, by the way, we'll touch on that later. Um, yeah. I said it was Ron Rivera, and by no fault of his own. I said he could have a season like the one he's having, where they're at least competitive, but they're just not getting the job done. Clearly, this new ownership just wants a clean house. They're just, they're just hitting the hard reset button, and I think they were a little bit more successful than they thought they were going to be, and they were like, all right, all right, all right, we, we need to, no, we're, we're resetting. 
And I think that there are actually fantasy implications here, despite it being two defensive ends, even if you're not in an IDF league. Uh, we need to find a new acronym for that. But even if you're not well, in IDP, a that's IDP, not thank IDP. you. Okay, IDP. <laughs> I thought it was individual defensive fantasy player, IDF, IDP. Anyway, yeah. even if you're not in an IDP league, I think that now the commander's defense was kind of matchup based. They were an interesting streaming option. That's out. Yeah. But also, I know what people are going to say. It's like, Dad, th- this defense has been letting up, you know, 30, you know, 20 to 30 points consistently against their opponents. How could you say this? But I think without that defensive line there, this team's about to fall apart. Because they, even they, letting yeah. even letting up all those points, the only reason they did that is because this offense kind of struggles along, but they're just efficient enough to kind of keep them in the game. Now that that defense won't be as strong and being able to hold up, Offenses like the Philadelphia Eagles, where they held them up twice, twice. I know, again, people are going to say, what are you talking about? They scored 34 points last week. Okay, that's fine. But if you actually watch the game, they should have put up a lot more. So I think that without the heart of this defense, without which really seemed what Chase Young was. Chase Young seemed like the motivational leader on that side of the ball. So I think by getting rid of two key players on the defensive line, this defense is going to fall apart. This offense is not going to be able to sustain any you know, promise. So, you know, Brian Robinson, flex option, same house out as a streaming option until I see proof otherwise. McLaurin, borderline wide receiver three. Other than that, there's just even look, I've been seeing this guy's praises for years now, but even Logan Thomas is is just untouchable or at best a bench option. So I think that this is the commander's kind of signaling we were tanking. We didn't do a good job of it. So now we're like kind of forcing the issue. Yeah, I think this is just sort of that signal that's just like, yeah, they're clearly packing it in. They're going to clean house a little bit more once we get to the offseason. It wouldn't surprise me if Ron, Ron Rivera's Rivera gone, so maybe the so entire gone. coaching staff, and they're going to bring in a new coaching staff to lead a different team under the new ownership there uh, with Magic Johnson and Josh Harris. So, yeah, we'll see how that all plays out. But just, yeah, this is definitely, Ooh, yeah. What about this? Eric Bianmi in-house promotion? Could happen. Could happen. Could be I wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't be surprised, but that's a good option for sure. Um, but yeah, all right, Tad, let's get to the sort of the dessert portion of the three course. I'm so, so excited to talk about. Yeah, this. this was an interesting move because I mean, obviously, we saw that you know Minnesota lost Kirk Cousins, so you thought they're like they're kind of still in it. They're hovering around 500. It's like can they, you know, make a push for that final wild card spot in the NFC playoff picture? And it's hard when you lose your franchise quarterback and Kirk Cousins, and so. It's like, will they go with the rookie Jaron Hall or where they try and get, you know, sign Carson Wentz off the couch or make a trade for like, you know, somebody else. Uh, but yeah, it seems like, you know, Arizona is confident that Kyler Murray is going to be good to play. If not this week, definitely by next week. So I think that's why they decided that, hey, I think let's. You know, Josh Dobbs, we thank you for your service. You really gave us a lot of great games here, gave us a lot of great, you know, moments for sure. But yeah, we, we have a quarterback, so we're going to ship you off to Minnesota, and he's going to be the starting quarterback. Maybe not not this week for sure. They're going to go with the rookie Jaron Hall this week that's already been confirmed. They want Josh Dobbs to get used to the offense and get acclimated to the playbook, so I think he will start next week. 
But this week it's going to be the rookie Jaron Hall. But then, yeah, you shift to Arizona where it's like they'll probably going with the rookie Clayton Tune, and then they'll have Kyler Murray come in next week. Or if Kyler Murray is good to go for what reports I'm reading, it seems like he could possibly play this week. Then Kyler Murray will see his first action of the 2023 season this weekend. So, but yeah, just how do you feel about Josh Dobbs now leading the Minnesota Vikings? And just what do you think about their playoff hopes? It's just like this sort of brings in the extra element of like, do they need to rush Justin Jefferson back? Or just like, how do you like just it, it's very interesting. It's very interesting for both teams here. Hmm. If only some genius podcast had told you to pick up Kyler Murray about what was that two weeks ago? Yeah, two weeks ago. About two, two weeks, weeks ago. ago. Huh. If only someone had called their shot there. But no, I mean, I think of, uh, you know, excluding Chase Young, which, by the way, I'm going to go back to the entree real quick. There's a little bit of stick there. Is um, the 49ers, I think, with Chase Young, Nick Bosa, that matchup or that pair up, they are now matchup proof. I think that 49ers defense is a must start in fantasy every week going forward. Again, until they prove, you know, otherwise or until injuries force otherwise. But the Chase Young, trade probably has my number one spot for most surprising trade because sure i i knew they weren't getting along but i was like shit you gave him up for nothing i was like my god i mean this was like the second overall pick what three years ago but anyway yeah so i'm so mad at you if you guys don't win this <laughs> i know we were talking about this in the company slack but if you guys don't win the super bowl this year like you have no excuse but yeah, anyway it's true it's true it's like oh my god <laughs> the josh jobs one was second most surprising to me yeah, because I it, 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 I'm going to correct something you said. I don't think this was the Cardinals saying, thank you for your service, Josh Dobbs. I think this was the Cardinals going, screw you for your service, Josh Dobbs, because <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I mean, speaking of tanking, that was the whole goal. And it was so clear and they're going to say otherwise. But I, we all know that the Cardinals are going this year expecting to be 0-6 at this point. And yes, they are close to that. But instead that Josh Dobbs has kept them in a lot of these games. By his hand alone, especially when James Conner went out, Josh Jobs has proven himself to carry a lesser team to at least a chance at victory. So I was shocked at this, that the Cardinals, A, let him go for next to nothing. B, the Vikings even explored that because I never, if I was the Vikings GM, I never in a thousand years would have called the Cardinals be like, hey, that guy that's doing really well for you, I expect to leave. Went in for scraps. And, like, I never would have expected Arizona to say yes to that. So I think that, especially with Clayton Toon starting this next week, uh, the Cardinals are clearly, much like the Washington, like, look, the Bears suck, the Raiders suck, uh, the Commanders suck. Like, everybody's in a race for Caleb Williams, which that's another discussion to have because my thoughts on him have varied a lot. But regardless, we have a lot of tanking teams now. And I think this is a clear indication from Arizona that we are going to start tanking. Now on the Minnesota side, I think this was an absolutely brilliant trade. Brilliant. Because like you said, wh where do they go? Where do they go? I mean, they, they could call Carson Wentz. Uh, the Raiders are idiots and weren't going to trade Garoppolo for some reason. We'll get into that. But bottom line is that quarterback, that quarterback market was not great. And so I think that you pick up a quarterback that has proven himself worthy of carrying, like I said, a lesser offense around. Now you put him with Cam Akers, who is slowly starting to get used to this offense. You put him with Jordan Asson, who, oh my God, that guy has exploded in terms of both on the field production and fantasy production. TJ Hawkinson. And like you said, Justin Jefferson's coming back. 
So I think that this is a fascinating offense to keep in mind uh, when it comes to fantasy-wise. Nobody's stock dropped. In fact, I think the only person who is really, really affected, the only one I'll talk about right now because I will touch on one later, the only person whose stock was really, really affected was Josh Dobbs. His stock went up, in my opinion. Now he is in solid QB2 territory. I like him a lot in this offense. I'm excited to see where the Vikings go from here. But in terms of Justin Jefferson, sorry, I know I'm talking a lot, but in terms of Justin Jefferson, this is interesting because if I'm him, his contract's coming to an end pretty quick. What what's our what's our plan for the future? Like Josh Jobs is a great band-aid, don't get me wrong. But I'm only sticking around here. I'm only getting paid. Teams are out there that, is, that are gonna pay me. So Who's our quarterback of the future? So look out for the Vikings being potential big-time draft movers next spring. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see whether Josh Dobbs, his success can translate from Arizona to now Minnesota. I like to think it's going to happen, but we'll see. We have to see exactly of whether he can get used to that system, get used to, you know, just the different teammates and just everything because, you know, you never know. These things can always work out very well or they could also crash horribly and you know i think this is the best transition point here tad because speak about crashing horribly we had a recent firing in the head coaching breaks here and this actually came very late on halloween i night. only, like, I I only found out this morning like after my first period of class i kind of logged on twitter i'm like wait what happened yeah no this was very late i want to say it was like maybe 10 p.m pacific time that i, I got no, this it news mid- it was midnight central time Yeah, like I said, it was very late on Halloween night, and yeah, we got this news that Josh McDaniels has been relieved of his coaching duties from the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, Also along with him, GM David Ziegler is also out, and they fired their OC Mick Lombardi as well, so all three of those guys are no longer members of the Las Vegas Raiders. I mean, Tad, we talked about it for so many times on this podcast that Josh McDaniels still being the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, like it was inevitable that he was going to get fired. We were sort of giving him the benefit of the doubt that it'll happen in the offseason, but yeah, it doesn't shock me that it happened here midway through the season. If Um, memory serves, actually, I called this. I called that he'd be the first coach fired. That seems very accurate. That seems very accurate. But yeah, I don't think we uh, either of us pegged him to be fired midway through the season. I think we expected no, it to happen. I thought that was going to, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, but yeah, through his one and a half seasons with the Las Vegas Raiders, Tad, he totaled a nine and 16 win loss record. He didn't even get to double digits. Um, now he I want to ask. He only coached 25 games for them. He got the 17 plus the eight. So yeah, very good math there. 25 good games God. for sure. All right. All right. <laughs> um, so Tad, really quickly, I want to ask you, obviously including his time in Denver, do you know what his overall head coaching record is? Okay. So he had nine with, I almost said Oakland. <clears throat> he had nine with Las Vegas. He went nine and 16 with Las Vegas. So yeah, okay, and you remember for chance. I, I will remember. I do remember he started eight and with Denver. Okay. So that's at least 17. Okay. Did he go? There's no way he went eight and eight that year. Is there? No. I have no idea. I so have his final total. I don't know what his nine. It was nine and seventeen in in Vegas. Nine and sixteen in just nine Las Vegas. sixteen. Okay. So I'm gonna go seventeen twenty four. Uh, close. He actually went twenty and thirty three. That is his overall ah, head coaching record now close. in two Damn stints. It. One with obviously the Denver Broncos, and then now. Oh, because didn't he coach that Tim Tebow team that went to the playoffs? Was that him? 
Yep, that was him. Ah, shit. I forgot about that. <laughs> Damn it. So, yeah, he is officially relieved of his duties. We'll see if he gets another job down the he road. Will. But, yeah. Well, no, we'll... he's going to go back to New England. Like he, Yeah, just, that's yeah. probably the next step here for sure. No, um, no, no. How just, about yeah. this? How about this? Because they're struggling. Josh McDaniels, the new OC of Alabama. <laughs> Very well could happen. Very well could happen. But, Bill, yeah, so. Bill O'Brien is done there. He has been relieved there. GM David Ziegler has been relieved, as well as OC Mick Lombardi. So in the interim, we got head coach Antonio Pierce. I actually had no idea that this guy was coaching, let alone with the Las Vegas Raiders. He was their linebackers coach, but now he has been promoted to the head coach interim uh, position there. Um, the former assistant to the GM, Champ Kelly, is now the interim GM with the Las Vegas Raiders. And the former quarterbacks coach, Bo Hardegree, is now the interim OC with the Las Vegas Raiders. But Hardegree I mean, wasn't Tad, getting a PhD. <laughs> uh, but I mean, Tad, I mean, just really quickly, just what do you think about this whole Raider situation? Like, I mean, just I, like I said, we talked about this so many times before that just like. I don't understand what Josh McDaniels is doing in Las Vegas, and it made a lot of sense as to why they fired him. But just like, yeah, I, I really just didn't see anything good that he did with the team. I really don't. <laughs> I, I think the biggest – and this is very cliche to say, and obviously I don't have any statistical analysis to back this up. But I think the biggest tell is just from the get-go this season, the Raiders just look kind of motivated. Yep. They, the team didn't look like they cared. And then you yep. have the whole thing going on with Chandler Jones. And I understand yeah. maybe maybe the team was correct in that situation. Uh, but that whole situation was just handled by both parties in a terrible way. It's just like nobody knew what they were doing here. So I think that it's, it's really unfortunate because I, I, I'm not going to say I like the Raiders personally. Like I don't have a, you know thought on them either way but anytime a team heads towards that hard reset button it sucks because you know this this fan base and it really sucks for the nfl because this is a new fan base you need to get them interested quickly and now you're heading for a very obvious hard reset that's going to take years to rebuild um i think a very key piece of information uh that you know you left out was that aiden o'connell despite Jimmy Garoppolo being healthy has been named the starter for the Raiders going forward. So I think that, that is, is a clear sign that the Raiders are like, screw it. Give all our young guys, the reps, let's see what we got. Yeah. And I was kind of gonna, I was kind of going to touch on that as we sort of closed out this segment here, but just like, yeah, you look at the moves that the GM made. I'm pretty sure Josh McDales has a say in it too, but just signing Jimmy Garoppolo in the first place. And it's like, was that a good move? I'm not that sure about weird, that. But, but obviously they traded for Devonte Adams. It's like, he had a great season last year, but it's like, we're not seeing the same level of production this year. Is that associated with Jimmy Garoppolo? Or is that just a change of the offense? I'm not sure. But it's like, that has been working out. You're totally wasting the talent that is Max Crosby on the defense because the defense hasn't made any significant improvement. So it's like, you're not seeing that sort of translate. You see Josh Jacobs was a league's leading rusher last year. Not the same level of production list year. You'd think you'd sort of see that correlation go into the next year, but he's not producing at the same level. So it's just like, when you get an offensive-minded guy and the success that he had in New England, you thought some of it would translate to him coming to a new head coaching position here, but just we hadn't seen sustained success, and it makes sense, like I said, why he got fired. So I mean, well, and it's just yeah. the, the ineptitude, the the ineptitude of management and coaching of like, okay, fine, Garoppolo's been sucking for you. That's fair, fine, whatever. Bad, like you said, bad signing. Okay, move on. You have an out. Trade him. 
You got the yeah. New York Jets. You got the Minnesota Vikings. You got, I mean, the New Orleans Saints even are looking like they're losing. So, I mean, goddamn, look the how Atlanta many. Atlanta Falcons have just benched Desmond Ritter to start Taylor Heineke, but they probably would have entertained maybe Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, get something for him. So now you had to eat his contract and while he rides the bench. Like, it's doing no one any good. It's not doing Garoppolo any good. It's definitely not doing your teammate good. It's just the 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 mindset of this franchise is just all types of clustered right now. So let's talk about, you know, real quickly, fantasy wise, do I trust any Raiders moving forward? I think by pure volume, Devontae Adams, best case scenario is a wide Even receiver. that though, Ted, he had seven targets in that game against I'm aware. Detroit. He I'm caught aware. one of them. I know. <laughs> it doesn't even matter by pure volume. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. But you know me. If the, the volume eventually, it's like, oh. it's you know, you keep just throwing money at the problem. Most of the time, it fixes it. Like, just keep throwing the ball at him. Most of the time, he's going to start producing at least somewhat eventually. So, but I'm with you. If you're starting Devontae Adams as like a wide receiver number one, you're looking at that. Because I know, I would love to know ESPN's algorithm here. Because some of their projections are wild. It's like, I'd be willing to bet. You know what? I'm going to hand the mic off to you in a bit. But I'd be willing to bet that Devontae Adams' projection is at least – 15 points this week. If you oh, think Devontae, De- but why? I know. Why? I know. I don't understand it here. I think it's just because of the pure name credibility behind it. Like you exactly. said, because he's getting the volumes and the targets. And now maybe with the switch of quarterback, maybe Aiden O'Connell will get him more involved compared to Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know, but just, I, yeah, I'm very surprised that it would be projected that high, but it doesn't surprise me if it is. Well, like I said, I'll check in a bit, but yeah. So Devontae Adams, wide receiver two in my mind, same with Josh Jacobs running back to just cause for two reasons. One, I feel like they're going to lean on him a lot heavier, uh, a lot more heavily Mm -hmm. moving forward, which normally would be a good thing, but also makes that offense very one dimensional. And two, Mm -hmm. that offense is going to be behind a lot. So I see them ditching the run quite often. A guy that was on our early radars, Jacoby Myers, fringe bench player now. Fringe bench player. He had one catch in that game against Detroit too, so he's just <laughs> Exactly. And then and then one guy I was really getting excited because I loved him during the draft. I go back and watch our live cast during the second round. I'm like, it's gonna be him. It's gonna be him. It's gonna be him for every pick. And I'm sure Amur was like, Thank God he's gone in the top ten of the second round. <laughs> Michael Mayer, the second he breaks out. His team falls apart on him. Michael Mayer is completely untouchable in my book. Like it's so like, yes, if you have one of the marquee players on the Raiders offense, I think go for it, you know, keep them in your starting lineup. But if is any of those fringe players, like should I start him? Should I not? You know, the Raiders, you know, not front office because most of them got fired. The Raiders leadership has answered that question for you. Yeah, but I think it's just more of like a wait-and-see approach because sometimes, Tad, you get these teams that fire their coaches midseason, and all of a sudden with the interim head coach, it's a change of message, it's a change of voice, and they sort of rally around that coach, right? So it's like we've seen this with Steve Wilkes back in Carolina, Dan Campbell in Miami. Um, So, I mean, there's different situations where it can work out, and you could see, um, if not better production, but at least the same production that you would expect off the projection. So, Definitely don't go making any drastic moves. I think hang on to some of these bigger names, obviously, like a Devontae Adams, like a Josh Jacobs, um, like a Jacoby Myers. He's been pretty consistent this year, too. Um, but, yeah, I think it's just on the safer side, if you can bench some of these guys until you can really see how this offense is going to look with the change of direction and, like I said, the change of philosophy, 
then maybe they could still be those, you know, they could still save salvage your season as you get closer to the playoffs here and maybe even be key producers once you actually get to the playoffs too in case you clinch a spot. So, yeah, definitely the Raiders are going to be interesting to watch this offseason with their head coaching search. But, yeah, this was a very interesting trade deadline as well. Um, but, Tad, I think this is the second half of our episode that we want to get to here. We, we wanted to pair this up with the trade deadline specifically is that depending on the league you're in, you may be seeing the NFL fantasy trade deadline coming up in your respective leagues as now we are officially in November. I know a lot of teams do their NFL trade, uh, their fantasy trade deadline, excuse me, within the middle weeks of November. So right before Thanksgiving, some people go like right up to Thanksgiving. I mean, Tad, I know you would play in your personal league. You don't even have a trade deadline. So no, I mean, in your case, it's it. kind of relevant, it. but it's it. pretty standard. To have a trade yeah. deadline in yeah. fantasy leagues here. So, like I said, it should be coming up within the next couple of weeks. So, I mean, me and Tad here, you see the banner right there on the video. I mean, we're here to give you some great candidates to buy low on and also some great candidates to sell high on. So, who are some guys that like you can get some good return for a particular player because we just don't like their schedule. We don't like their situation, whatever it is. And guys that we feel the exact opposite. That's like they could eventually turn it on as we're marching towards the playoffs and possibly they have a good playoff slate as well. So Tad, I'm going to pass it to you here first. Give me your first candidate with either a buy low candidate or a sell high candidate. I'll let you choose for me. Should I go sell high or buy low first? Well, you seem like a more negative guy, so I usually like to start with the sell high stuff yeah, or like the, the skits and stuff like that. Oh, that's my fingers. So I think you go with the sell high that. here, so yeah, right. go for it. Go so with the sell high. That. Not only am I excited just to talk negative, but in terms of the sell high candy, I told you. I've been telling you people for years now, for years, not an exaggeration, to leave this man alone when it comes to fantasy. And lo and behold, some of you didn't listen. Most of you didn't listen. And now you're stuck with the crap running back, Najee Harris. Yeah. But here's the thing. I say, I say crap running back, but you look at the production he's had over the last two weeks, depending on the you know league format you're in. He had four, 13 and a half to 14 and a half points two weeks ago. And then again, this is where it's really dependent on the rules of your league but in my league he had nine and a half points in other leagues i saw he had 13 to 14 and a half yet again i know what people are thinking i know what people are thinking especially those running back desperate teams of like oh Najee harris is back he's getting close double digits he's producing a lot he had you know his first score two weeks ago he had five receptions where most of his points came from last week he is back he's part of this offense no he's not I'm telling you right now that if you can find that sucker, whether, and this is the best part about selling uh, high, is that sucker can be on either end of the spectrum. Find the guy that is super loaded and will give you a pretty solid bench player just because he has a pretty loaded roster and he's like, yeah, fine, whatever, and doesn't really pay that much attention. Or find a lower tier team who's super desperate not to finish in last so he doesn't have to go to IHOP again. But I'm so scared. But... I find know. that find that sucker and you know just add pure necessity force them into a trade both of them are probably willing to do that because as long as they don't dig deeper as long as they look at his recent stats it's great but here's the more concerning stat in my opinion is while Najee Harris's you know touches are kind of staying the same you know who's doing this little guy named Jalen Warren yep 
I had a guy, you know, a friend of the show, Jason Davis, asked me today, by the way, in case, like, I want to build off this, what you were saying earlier uh, in the episode of, um, you know, hit us up for personal advice. Jason Davis just told me today, because I've been helping him out, he's climbed from 12th place in this league to 7th. There you go. There you go. We produce results, people. So he he asked me, goes, do I drop Jalen Hyatt or do I drop Jalen Warren? I'm like, don't you dare drop Jalen Warren. Jalen, I think, no, and that's exactly he's like, what well, if it breaks out? I'm like, I don't care. Don't drop Jalen Warren because I think Jalen Warren is primed to take over as a lead back in Pittsburgh's backfield. So I think if you can find that one sucker with for, that follows for Najee Harris, just based off name brand, you go for it. Yeah, no, I agree with that one. I mean, this was part of our um, underdog segment that we did over the weekend this past weekend, too, is that I like Jalen Ward to get over, uh, I think it was like five and a half targets, uh, uh, touches in that game. Uh, but fortunately, you know, Pittsburgh decided Finish to throw the five, ball so much in the rain or whatever. He got exactly five. Not just the rain, um, not just the rain, a swamp. It was like Florida up in yeah, Pennsylvania. I, I don't understand that, but that's just Matt Canada. That's a pod, That's a story for another podcast. Also, fire fire that, just, man, like, while we're talking about people being But fired. overall, it's just like, yeah, I very much see more talent from Jalen Ward. He's just getting more out of this offense. It's just like Najee Harris is just not looking as effective. So it's like exactly like I said, where it's like where Najee Harris may be hovering around the same production, maybe going a little bit decrease. Jalen Ward is totally skyrocketing upward. So it's like, yeah, if you can find a way, he's another great buy low candidate. I mean, we're talking about sell that's, high, yeah, buy low. If you can find a guy that's willing to trade you Jalen Ward, he's not going to cost you a ton either to acquire him or potentially he may be available in some of these leagues as well. So it's like, yeah, go pick up that guy. Cause I think down the stretch, Pittsburgh might finally realize it's like, okay, yeah, this guy's producing a little bit better in our offense. Let's give him more touches. So 100% agree with you. If you can find a buyer for Najee Harris, do it because, yeah, he is just going to, you know, just continue to be a downplay on your roster. I think that's probably the nicest way I could put that. You look at, <laughs> again, you look at the numbers this guy has put up. And that's why I'm saying capitalize on his last two weeks because his point yep. totals have been fairly decent the last two weeks. So if you capitalize, if it wasn't for his name, if it wasn't for his yep. draft sass, where he was taken by the Steelers, this guy would be unmanaged and like on most rosters won't even touch him if it wasn't for the name the name is the only reason he's on any rosters exactly exactly so tad i'm gonna stick to the running back position here but i'm gonna give you a buy low candidate and i was so excited by this one it's my dude it's my boy Javante Williams running back uh, with the Denver. This is a good one. No, this is a good one. What's this is you know what? You know what? It's funny. I think we're almost literally almost a year away from the date where you told you said told you so on Tyler Algier. This is this it's year's true. Tyler Algier. God damn it. It's true. I hope so. I hope so. I got my fingers crossed because you know for sure and all of our podcast listeners and YouTube viewers have known that I just had this unquestioned love affair with Javante Williams. And I'm just hoping that he could finally realize his potential, regardless of how terrible this Denver Broncos offense is. But that's why I got some stats to back it up here, Ted. So he is currently ranked as the 27th ranked fantasy running back in PPR league. So not too bad considering how bad this I, offense is. I would say higher been. than I thought. Exactly right. So yes, he did have his best game of the season over the weekend against the Chiefs in an upset win. Now he's going on the bye week, so I think this is where you can sort of take advantage. Where it's like a guy is going to sit him on the bench, and they're just like, "Is that all that momentum going to get uh, gone? Is that all that momentum going to go away because he's going on a bye week, and you're not sure whether he can sustain that for the rest of the season?" I had to point to this fact, where it's like you look at the first five games of the season. Like I said, the Denver's offense has not been all that great. Williams was averaging. 7.42 fantasy points per game. Terrible. 
absolutely terrible. <laughs> There's all the talk about like Jaleel McLaughlin is going to get more involved. Samaje P. Ryan is going to get more involved. It's just like, yeah, it's nothing about Javante Williams. But now you look at his last two games. So you count the Chiefs game and then the game they also played before that. He has total 31.4 fantasy points across both games, which averages to 15.7 points per game. It's almost like, I mean, Ted, this is very simple stuff to do. You give your best player the ball. He's going to do Good well. Things happen. Good things it's happen, very dude. similar to what we saw wow. Jameer Gibbs against the Las Vegas Raiders on Monday night. It's like, you give that guy the ball. He's going to do something with it. So we'll see if that gets the same We got too. Don Shula over here. All right. Seriously. So I'm going to stick with Javante Williams though here with my take because you look at the schedule too, Ted. This is the big thing that I think can benefit Javante Williams a lot. They have a very good mix of like good teams, but also some bad teams. But I think he can get involved in all those games. Coming out of the bye week, they face the Bills, the Vikings, and the Browns. So, I mean, you got some good teams. You got some bad teams. I mean, you got a mix there. But here's the key thing. If you can hang on to him, if you can get to the fantasy playoffs, he has a very good fantasy playoff matchup. They play the Lions, the Patriots, and the Chargers. So I think he could take advantage of some of those teams there towards the end. I think Detroit will give him a little bit more trouble compared to the Patriots and the Chargers, but the Chargers notoriously very bad at stopping the run. The Patriots, I don't know what's going to be their situation. They may be packing it in. They may not be on strongest defense either, but I like it if you can acquire this guy because, like I said, the long term of him playing the season has not been good. So you may get a, uh, you may get a roster manager who's just like, I don't know if he can sustain the success. So I want to get this guy off my roster. So you could probably get him for a middling offer. Nothing too high, nothing too low, obviously. But I think if you can acquire this guy, he can pay some dividends towards the latter half of the season here. Uh, I agree with you. And I have very good evidence okay. of why I right. agree with you. Are you ready? Let's hear it. Okay, so just yesterday, this became final. I just traded for Tremonte Williams. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> I took advantage of the Kirk Cousins situation. Okay. And the guy nice. told me, I'll give you Amari Cooper, Javante Williams for Dak Prescott. I currently have Patrick Mahomes, so I was like, done deal. Ooh, Backup quarterback for Scott. I want, I want to touch on that a little bit later. But okay. That's, and I, like I think that's I'm awesome. hoping these are sell high candy because that's exactly <laughs> the Cowboys <laughs> schedule gets pretty rough down the stretch. So I was like, you know what? And he's a Cowboys fan too. So I was like, yeah, he wants Dak. So I threw him Dak. <laughs> I go. got two very solid players in return. I'm very like, happy about my like addition, Javante Williams. So yeah, no, I'm with you on every point you just said. I'm totally with you. I could not believe he agreed to that. I was very, very happy with that deal. Yeah, so I'm riding the hope. I'm crossing my fingers. I'm thinking he can sustain the success. Excuse me. I like the schedule. I think everything will pan out for Javante Williams to have a very good second half of the fantasy season. So worst case scenario for him, he's a solid flex option moving forward. I think, so. and that and yeah. that is worst case. So sure. no, he's sure. he's a very good, a very dry. There's a reason we skipped the waiver wire episode this week. We're in a, a little very bit, yeah. dry <laughs> free agency market. It's getting rough. That now. Is, it's getting it rough is now. So bad. And this is so why bad. the trade deadline makes a bigger factor too as we get closer to the trade deadlines because this is where you can sort of acquire better players to make that push to make the playoffs or if you're in firm contention for a playoff or if you're really, like like I said, confirmed to make the playoffs, it's now to solidify your roster. Like once you make the playoffs, you don't end up like me or Ted who lose in the first round like last year. So that's exactly why the trade deadline makes a huge factor. So Tad, I just gave a buy low candidate. You obviously did a sell high candidate. Give me your buy low candidate. Let's hear yours. I'm, I'm going super low with this one. People are going to call right. me crazy. You ready for this one? I'm ready for it. I think it's time to buy 
You know what? Actually, let me let me transport our listeners and viewers back back in time a little bit. It's the draft okay. two years ago. All right. Yes, it was two years ago. You just recently picked up your dad from a shop or something because his car broke down. I forgot what it was. Yeah, that's what it was. Yep, I remember and, that. And uh, me and the rest of the LAFB crew live on air on yep. YouTube were in a very heated argument. You were a bad partner that day. Because I asked, I thought you were going to back me up. I go, who's better, Hollywood Brown or Allen Robinson? And you looked at me and was like, dude, Allen Robinson. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel that. about that one that. now? Yeah, no, I know. I know. It's sort of been working in your favor for sure. Yeah. So long walk for a short drink of water here. But I'm telling you, yes, his stock looks low. But I'm telling you, it's time to buy on Hollywood Brown. I'm once again throwing my confidence behind this man for a couple of reasons. One, obviously he's about he's prepping for a terrible week this weekend. I'm not saying like he's gonna be a surprise player this weekend. No, they're playing the Cleveland Browns, they being the Arizona Cardinals, with rookie Clayton Toon going against one of the top pass rushes in the NFL, if not the the top pass rush. Well, I don't know. I guess now you're fucking 49ers have that distinguished now but anyway point being is i think the cardinals are going to get killed this weekend and fantasy wise i wouldn't touch a single one of them however and again going back to this josh dobbs trade that was a shocking sign to me of oh kind of like what you said like uh, kyler murray actually may be closer to getting ready than i thought like i wasn't expecting to see kyler until december why'd your voice get all high for that yeah, it's my skeptical <laughs> voice. It's just voice yeah, it's is this your aliens Mark real Brown voice? I don't, I don't know. know. You look at you know, Roswell, New Mexico. It's just yeah. So it's like, hey, Ted, is Kyler Murray going to be ready for December? It's just, I don't know. I think so. <laughs> oh, gosh. Point being, back to my throat. <laughs> You did too much. You need to calm yourself down. I, <laughs> um, I just got a lot more respect for the Simpsons voice actors. Um, there you go. Yeah. So anyway, like I was saying, it was like when you asked me, is Kyler Murray going to be ready by November? I was like, eh, I don't know. But <laughs> you had to do it again, didn't you? You had to do it again. But I, I think the trading of Josh Jobs showed that, okay, the Cardinals are okay if they lose the next game or two. Um, cause if I'm not mistaken, I believe their bye week is up after this next game against the Cleveland Browns. So I think that Kyler Murray is actually due back pretty soon. And on top of that, it really doesn't matter who's starting a quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals because, uh, uh Hollywood Browns had over nine, tar- nine targets or more over half the Cardinals games so far this season. So clearly they understand they being the coaching staff, look, if we're going to pass the ball effectively, it runs through this man. So I think that, you know, Yes, he's going to have a rough couple of weeks, but when Kyler Murray comes back, I think he's going – he has that chance to explode and get himself back in a wide receiver two numbers, and right now you can trade him for basically the value of bench players. So I really like Hollywood Brown moving forward, but, you know, is it going to pay off? Eh, I don't know. <laughs> no, I actually like this move. I actually like this move. It is more because of, like you said, I don't think the uh, you said the quarterback's not going to matter that much. I actually think it's going to matter with them switching to Kyler Murray if he's going to play. Because you have to remember, they made that trade in the first place because that they needed to get Kyler Murray another weapon. At that time, they obviously had yep. DeAndre Hopkins. But now that DeAndre Hopkins played against But that, that experiment had failed at that time. So Exactly. You also have to remember that uh, DeAndre Hopkins was hurt. To, uh, he was suspended. Mm. He was suspended to start the season. He was uh, building a yeah. great uh, relationship. Yeah, 
He is building a great relationship with Marquise Brown. You can see that. Obviously, they're former college teammates from their Oklahoma days. So, I mean, it's like now you can see that on the field. Like, Kyler Murray's going to need, especially with him coming back from this injury, and he's going to be a little bit rusty. He needs a dependable option that he knows he can go to, and that's obviously going to be Marquise Hollywood Brown. So, I 100% like this, that it's like, you look at the overall of the season, very similar to Javante Williams, where it's like he didn't have the greatest production. That's a good he's got the volume. But now with the change here, where it's like you got Kyler Murray potentially coming back within the next week or two, like I said, with the bye week then, so they could definitely develop that chemistry even further, I think Marquise Brown could possibly explode towards the second half of the season too. So yeah, I like this acquisition as well. So Also, I mean, just in terms of pure teams to look out for, James Conner's coming back soon. Kyler that Murray's coming That'll back soon. That'll make the offense overall more yeah. balanced. And shoot, more well-rounded sure. offense, so. And in a weak division, this MC West, I mean, could, could, your 49ers better run train for the rest of this year, man. Yeah, I really Three don't straight, know. three straight, come on. Yeah, I expected him to lose three all season, but yeah, three straight, I was like, that sort of throws that projection out the window. So, I mean, we'll see what happens after the bye week. They definitely needed that bye week for sure. So, yeah, we'll see how that all plays out. But we're not here to talk about the Niners as much as I want to. We're not here to talk about them. <laughs> I'm going to get to my candidate here. I'm going to stick to the wide receiver position here, Tab, but I'm going to go with the sell high candidate. I already gave my buy low candidate. And like I said, I wanted to touch on this a little bit later. Not so much Dak Prescott. But I'm saying sell high on C.D. Lamb. I think you should be selling on this guy. So very similar to Javante Williams. He had his best performance of the season this past weekend against the Los Angeles Rams. He had over 40 points in PPR leagues. Obviously, that adjusts depending on the league settings that you may have. You also have to look at the fact that the week before when they played the Los Angeles Chargers, he scored 18.7 fantasy points in that game. So I don't know what it is, Tad, but for some reason, C.D. Lamb playing in L.A., he just finds a way to get it done <laughs> gets LAT. And so he finds a way. Uh, but outside of those performances, outside of those two performances, they just had Cowboys offense has been kind of inconsistent. No, been, got that been, well, you know, as my students would say, it's been pretty mid. <laughs> um, you obviously look at that loss that they had to, we were talking about the Arizona Cardinals. They had that upset victory against the Dallas Cowboys where they weren't able to do anything there. You obviously got that game against my San Francisco 49ers where their offense looked very limited in that game as well. So, but then you also got good performances where it's like they started out the season in week two where they actually blew out the New York Jets. And so it's just like, which team are we going to get down the stretch here? And then you brought this up and I want to sort of highlight on this too. Their schedule gets very, very rough over the it's, second half of the season here, especially once we get to the fantasy there, playoff. Sorry to interrupt, but there's a reason why he was the guy who lost Kirk Cousins. I was like, I, it, here's why he made the mistake, right? Because I did, like like I said, I'm in last place in my league right now just because of some very bad luck. And uh, it's not my fault. It's bad luck. And so I offered him Mahomes. He said no. Yeah. I was just like, okay, fine. What you want for Dak? And he just goes, oh, I'll take, you know, Dak for Cooper. And uh, I got really excited because I thought he meant Cooper Cup, but he meant Mari Cooper. <laughs> nope, nope. Yeah, no. But he goes, Cooper and uh, Javante for Dak. And I was like, mm, okay. Looks at Dak's schedule. Could not oh. hit send on that button. Fast Could not enough. hit accept faster. Yes, match that accept button. For Woo! Sure. Um, but yeah, just jumping back to CD Lamb. So if you look at the first five weeks of the season, this is a guy that you're drafting potentially in the first round as a wide receiver, one for your roster. He was the 25th best fantasy wide receiver in those first that's five terrible. weeks. So it's not the greatest numbers. There's ADP, Obviously, that's awful. 
Exactly. Then you look at the last two weeks that definitely jumped his uh, rankings. He's now around 10 or 11, depending on the league settings that you play in. So, I mean, that's good numbers. But like I said, the schedule gets very rough because, like I said, they got some tough matchups down the stretch. They play the Eagles this coming weekend. They also have, like I said, in 15 through 16, when you get your fantasy playoff schedule during that time, they play the Bills. They play the Dolphins, and they play the Lions. All three of those teams are going to be in the playoff picture. All three of those teams play very good pass defense. All three of those teams have very good pass rush as well. So, like I said, that's going to be very tough for this Cowboys team that's already been inconsistent, that just you don't know which team you're going to get in a given week. Playing against those three teams during the fantasy playoffs when they're trying to make a playoff spot as well, I don't like those sort of matchups to sort of have a good week. Now, he will have a good couple of weeks coming up down the stretch because they play the Giants. They play the now, you know, selling Washington Commanders. So they have some good matchups after this Eagles game this weekend. So he may get some inflated numbers. You're going to be like, this is the worst move that I ever made. But if you're in a position, like I said, where you're trying to club, uh, play for a playoff spot or you're already in the playoff picture, this is a guy that you want off your roster because he is not going to help you in the playoffs when you need him the most. And that's obviously going to separate you from winning a title or going home with absolutely nothing. So. His stock is at an all-time high right now, so I think you can get a very heavy return on him uh, getting something back in return. So you can upgrade your running backs, you can upgrade, get better receivers. You could possibly even get like a Travis Kelsey at the tight end position to shore, totally shore up your tight end position too. Because yeah, with the performance that he had against the Rams, like I said, his stock is at an all-time high. Perfect time to sell high on CD Lamb. Now, another great pick by you, because I think that kind of like what you laid out is at wide receiver 25, you said? Through the first five weeks, he was wide receiver 25, yes. So wide receiver 25, okay, fine. That's a perfectly decent, not even good, but a perfectly decent wide receiver two to run with. But at this point, with, again, kind of what I was talking about with Najee Harris, with that name brand value, you can sell him as a wide receiver one, and really, you know, that production's not, it just hasn't been there this year. And so you take that one or two good weeks that they're going to have, and you take full advantage of that so yeah no i think this is a brilliant brilliant pick and uh the only thing is it's funny because maybe it's just you know the environment i'm in uh everyone in dallas knows he's not good or not i should say knows he's not good but the, the, his role in this offense is not good and so it's funny if if i try to pull that off in my league about 80 percent of them wouldn't go for it because again that is the talk <laughs> of dallas is what is wrong with this offense yeah. even after a win like this they're still wondering if i'm you get your typical dallas talk of like they're okay. even questioning dak as a starter should we bench dak yeah. and I, I feel like i always hear that in november but uh yeah no i think that if if you can find again i'll go back to that word if you can find that sucker find that <laughs> desperate team Ooh, i don't know you may be okay. <laughs> you may be good. Yeah, but I think in this case, it won't even be a sucker. I think just somebody who just sees that production is just like, you know what? I, no, I think this I guy can like... sustain it for the next couple mm, of weeks. And so it's like, but like I said, because of that then, because of that, you can get good return for CD Lamb because of his name value and the recent performances that he had. So Fair enough. Well, yeah. hey, should you trade for CD? Should you trade CD away? Let us know. Let us look at your offers. Hit us up over Instagram or Twitter. We'll let you know our opinions. 100%. Because, yeah, we're coming to the conclusion of this episode. And we only got to four candidates for both sell high and buy low. But, yes, just like Tad said, how do you feel about CeeDee Lamb? Are there other players that you're considering trading for? Is there a trade offer pending sitting in your queue that's like, do I need to accept this? Should I, re- re- uh, should I counter? Should I reject it? What should I do? 
Follow us on socials and interact with us because we are here to help you win your fantasy titles. Like I said, Tad already gave the great illustration. He took a guy that was in 12th place, moved him all the way up to 7th place, and he possibly could go up higher from there because of the advice that we give. And we give personal advice like we talked about so many times before. Me and Tad played in so many fantasy football leagues and also different fantasy football leagues too. So we can give you advice on any type of league. Just hit us up on our social media handles right there down below. You got us on Twitter. You got me at ArmorTheSide23. You got Tad at TadTheSide94. Got the show handle at the Decide Guys, And of course on Instagram at the Decide Guys as well. Hit us up. We're here to give you advice to help you win fantasy titles and fantasy championships. Um, and I think more importantly, Tad, in your case too, avoid fantasy punishments. So I mean, that's definitely what we're here to do again. for that. Don't make me do it again. <laughs> I'm not controlling your team. You're controlling your uh, team. So. <laughs> I'm feeling confident though, but this shows you of just like there, there are times to be patient or not because I'm not in full panic mode yet. Like I say, it's just, it, and this happens to fancy players all across the board where you just have rough streaks. Some player, I mean, I have Patrick Mahomes who obviously massively underperformed last weekend. And so it's just, week, yeah. oh, so bad. So, but like, and like I said, yes, I did try to trade him, but am I selling him for cheap? No. So it's one of those things of like, if you need advice, if you need someone to kind of pull you back and be like, relax, be patient, we're barely, or like, I guess a little bit more than halfway through the season at this point. Yeah, so we, there. Got, there. Mm-hmm. we got a lot of fancy football left, people. So be patient, but if you need help, we're the best guys to come to. 100%. Also, best way you can get some advice is subscribe to our podcast, where you listen to your podcast, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. You can listen right on the LAFB Network website as well. Wherever you listen to your podcast, hit that subscribe button. Always up to date with our podcast. If you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel so you're always up to date with our YouTube videos. And most importantly, make sure you're supporting our parent network at LAFB Network. They're giving you a lot of great content when it comes to the Rams and the Chargers at the professional level and the Bruins and the Trojans at the college football level as well. So they're covering all four L.A.-based sports football teams, and they're giving a lot of great content on uh, uh, about them for sure. So make sure you're supporting them. We really appreciate it because without them, there is no us. But guys, to everybody who's already interacting with us, who's listening to our podcast, who's watching the videos, I mean, just anything and everything that you're doing to support us, we really can't thank you enough. And be sure to check in in just a couple days because we got Stardom Sidums on your way along with some of our favorite NFL bets, courtesy of our new sponsors, Underdogs. There we go. See, they're so new. I, I They're so new. I want to say over-under. They're brand new. Brand I want to say over-under, but here's why. Underdog Fantasy gives you your best over-under bets. So I keep on go. wanting to say over-under. But yes, For Underdog sure. Fantasy, they've been so great to us so far. So we can't wait to keep pushing their brain along with ours. So be sure to check that out in just a day or so uh, on the YouTube channel. Thank you so much, everyone, for watching. Thank you, all our podcast listeners, for listening. And please, as always, everyone, stay safe.